Yeah, oh yeah, um, we have a lot to say. <laughs> I do like, though, that our warm-ups just involve kind of just talking to movies. We have no, like, form warm-ups. Like, we're not doing Zip Zap Zop. Oh, no, no, uh, <laughs> we're not doing, like, Beastie Rap or something. Yeah, or my, my, my favorite one is the is that uh, B-52's one? Did you ever oh, that? Yeah. Hey, Fred Schneider, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to the park to pet my dog. Yeah. Yeah, we used to always, like, I would always try and make it, like, the worst thing possible. Like, it would always be like, <laughs> taking my grandma off life support. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging my wife for no divorce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We would just make Fred Schneider's life like worse and worse and worse. <laughs> oh, I, I, I liked having that role on the improv team of being the, um, the guy who would always take things to the worst places. You should. That's that's the funnest. That's fun. like, hey, Fred Schneider. He's lived yeah. a good life. It's all it's all right if he's suffering a little bit. Yeah, he'll be fine. Selling my body for drugs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hello and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute undeniable and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. It is I, Colonel Tom Parker. Oh, no. <laughs> just just kidding. It's Patrick. It's not. Oh. I don't have Elvis with me. Fooled me. <laughs> Fooled me. Please uh, help oh, me man. with my snow job. Oh, God. I got to see it. I got to know all about this uh, snow job that you've been texting me about. Oh, it's, dude, it's so uh, Tom Hanks. It's the role, it's the role of a lifetime. Uh, I, 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 I couldn't tell if I hated it or if I love it. Uh, I think I love That's, it now. It's just, it's too good. Those are usually the best performances. Yep. Um, it's, yeah. It's the type of role where, like, if Kevin Spacey hadn't been canceled, you know he would have been on top of this in a heartbeat. That's. You're right. Yeah, yeah like, that's and dead. or really, really upset that Hanks got it. Oh yeah, he'd be so yeah. <laughs> furious. Yeah, he he was. Yeah, he wasn't a predator. Yeah, he, he was allegedly a allegedly allegedly a allegedly a predator, but not allegedly a total fucking ham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and freak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now he's like you know filming. Uh, you know, uh, weird uh, Christmas videos uh, yeah. pretending to be his character, Mr. Cards or whatever from, you know, wherever his like, man, he probably like has a mansion in deepest Serbia yeah. or something, being wherever Dr. Doom lives. <laughs> being a celebrity is weird, man. It does yeah. funky, funky things to people who may have once been normal. It allows them to let their freak flag out and uh, yeah. really yeah, I know. Turns your brain into clay. It really, you get weird, man. You get yeah. weird. I mean, like, I, I definitely, though, I, I don't know if you read the uh, profile of Brad Pitt that came out in, like, GQ or one of those magazines this week. Oh, yeah. It, I it, I, it, was, it was a must read, but the, the <laughs> highlight was that he heard some rumor that there had been, like, pirates on his land for his winery, and they buried gold. And because he's so rich and has so little to do, and it was in the middle of COVID, he spent, like, the entire year on a treasure hunt on his winery. That is how you should behave as yeah. a celebrity. That is, yeah, like, <laughs> just weird, like, things that don't be... be a, like... Don't be a predator. Don't be a user. Abuser. No. Just go, like, 
going treasure hunts or something. <laughs> yeah, do something that would be like a, the the plot of a '60s movie that stars like Paul Lind and Bill yeah. Silvers. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, there was probably a part of him that like really hoped like he'd end up in some mine and end up in like a Goonies like adventure or something like that. I think, I, you know. Yeah. God bless that man. You just know, recreates think, the lost city or something it's, yeah it's it really is like man is this a red notice is that what red notice was <laughs> yeah about? am i red noticing right now i think i got red noticed uh yeah i think uh, i got red noticed like, yeah ryan reynolds like swings in on a vine oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah buddy you got red noticed well if you couldn't tell folks we're hanging out this yeah. week <laughs> we're shooting the breeze i i got a little bit of a cold so yeah you know i might my my very low energy <laughs> no. you know, and i'm like yeah and i am uh i saw the uh fight fast binder joint world on a wire last night uh, and it was really long and i stayed up really late and so i'm a little sleepy boy but uh we are talking about someone we met this past season oh, yeah and we are utterly fascinated by and we wanted to dig a little bit deeper into and that is of course mario van peebles director of new jack city multi-hyphenate mm. just um uh regular hollywood man yeah i kind of uh i i do think i would pair pos or a uh, badass with hollywood man in a double feature yeah, oh my god i would love uh if badass and i feel like they could have met in some weird reality like yeah Mel- yeah that yeah yeah melvin van peebles and uh, hollywood man william smith certainly cross paths yeah they both have similar energies for sure they yes yeah, yes bearing um, in the same dark waters but mario van peebles uh you know writer director producer actor just kind of yeah like lived a filmmaker to his bones born into the biz mm-hmm. um born january 15th 1957 he's a bit older than i um would have guessed, but you know, yeah. he's a total hunk, so he might be made out of granite. We'll get into his physical appealing status <laughs> in a moment here. Uh, born in Mexico City, Mexico. Wow. Um, to, of course, filmmaker and legendary uh, provocateur Melvin Van Peebles and actress and photographer Maria Marks. Uh, as a kid, he traveled often between Europe and the USA with his parents. His father, one of his first his like first feature length film was a French movie. Wow. Like, I mean, all of this this family just seems to be like living the art life. Yes. For better or worse, no matter what. And it's pretty hip. Um, Mario uh, majored in economics at Columbia. I did not, not know that. Not wow. Bad. Good job. Um, and he was invited to speak as the class day speaker as part of the commencement exercises in 2021 at Columbia. I invited, they did not say he made it, <laughs> but um, you know, who's to say? Um, he, you know, as we mentioned, grew up in kind of a filmmaking family with his father, Melvin Van Peebles. He made his first screen appearance was actually on in 1968 on the soap opera, One Life to Live. Wow. He did work, but then of course, 1971, he starred, He co-starred in his father's film, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, a legendary independent film and kind of um, led to the creation of the exploitation genre. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, kind of a key all-time independent film. Uh, I watched it as well, and we'll be in. Patrick, you believe believe you made it through half of Sweet Sweet Back's yes. Badass song. Uh, this film is very. This is a cornerstone to our entire conversation. So while we are not officially covering it, it will be weaved in and out of this conversation. Yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah, it definitely you get the sense even from like the half i saw and you know for all i know maybe the second half negates what i'm about to say but uh it really seems that melvin left a huge impact on mario and that's you know very clear in his future work yes and kind of melvin's both personality and politics and Mm -hmm. artist and art artistry and just work as a Dan Day father, I think all. Yeah, there's a lot happening. Cast a shadow over all of this. Uh, and it is a fascinating film. It's a very aggressive, legitimately dangerous feeling movie, even yes. 50 some odd years later. Um, it is, yeah, it is transgressive, crazy, progressive. Yeah. A lot of aggressives. Yeah, <laughs> aggressive. It's a it's aggressive film, says Don and Patrick. Um and then uh, basically, though, after that, he, you know, he was only 13 when they did Sweet Sweet Bag's Badass Song. So cut to the 1980s when he's, you know, a little more grown up, getting through, done with college, that kind of thing. He starts appearing in a handful of projects. He's in miniseries entitled The Sophisticated Gents, an action film in 1984 called Exterminator 2. He's a da- he played a dancer in Francis Ford Coppola's The Cotton Club. And in 1985, of course, he lands his first leading role in a film, in the film Rappin'. Oh, okay. Um, I've never seen Rappin', but I'd I love think, to. I think Ice-T is in that, or am I wrong? No, I'm thinking of um, some... I think I'm thinking of Breakin'. Never mind. Uh, one thing to note, though, Kadeem Hardison is in Rappin' and uh, also in uh, both uh, White Men Can't Jump and Panther, which we'll be discussing shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, Rappin' is, of course, a Golden Globus canon film. Which, Hell yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Because if, if, if there is a trend to be mined, our boys of canon films, they, they love America. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he continued his acting career um, up until uh, 1986. He landed a key role in the military film Heartbreak Ridge, directed by Clint Eastwood. Now, this is important moving forward, as we, you might remember from our New Jack City episode, because just a few short years after this, Warner Brothers was looking to make uh, films targeted at the you know black audience for you know right and looking for young directors probably on the cheap but also probably with some big bold visions and um clint heard about this directive and recommended mario van peoples who he worked with in heartbreak rich as a good choice which led pretty directly to new jack city uh what a feature debut that was mario had also directed episodes of um 21 jump street as well in this in the meantime and he directed a tv film called malcolm takes a shot about an aspiring high school basketball star whose obstacles include epilepsy and his own arrogance (laughs) 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 
So that led to New Jack City. New Jack City, of course, we've discussed it. It was um, the highest grossing independent film of 1991, $47 million domestically. The world is Mario Van Peebles' oyster. Would you, would you say so? Yeah. It's a, he's, he's in a good moment in his For career. Sure. Same year, he directed an episode of Gabriel's Fire. I, uh, I've never heard of Gabriel's Fire. American crime drama series. Ah. Uh, starring James Earl Jones. Oh, my goodness. Enough. And then um, they changed the title to Pros and Cons <laughs> the, the next season. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> That's and not he, good. Uh, he acted a little bit more. And then his follow-up film, though, into New Jack City which was, of course, 1993's Posse which is also the first film we're going to talk about in depth today. Directed by Mario Van Peebles, written by Cy Richardson and Dario Scarapane? Scarapane? I don't know. Scarapane? Who knows? Who knows? Sorry. Sorry, Scarapane. Sorry, Dario. Um, Starring. Okay, let me take a deep breath here. Yeah, this is a murder trail. Mario Van Peebles, Stephen Baldwin, Billy Zane, Tone Loke, Melvin Van Peebles, Tiny Lister, Big Daddy Kane, Reginald Vell Johnson, Blair Underwood, Isaac Hayes, Charles Lane, Robert Hooks, Richard Jordan, Pam Greer, Nipsey Russell, Paul Bartell, Woody Strode, Aaron Neville. The list goes on. Absolutely stacked. It's cast. crazy. Yeah, like Faison Love is in this. Reginald Hudson is in this. A ton of those people I just mentioned, too, only have like three lines. Yes. Like, it is a sprawling picture at only 111 minutes. (laughs) It feels far more sprawling than that. Mm -hmm. Um, Budgeted at $10 million, it made 18.2 at the box office. Mm -hmm. The film has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert described it as an over-directed, over-photographed, overdone movie that is so distracted by its hectic, restless style that the storyline is rendered almost incoherent. Ooh. Um, Janet Maslin of the New York Times uh, stated, on the one hand, the obviously talented filmmaker celebrates all the aggrandizing features of the genre. Laconic tough talk, manly, manly camaraderie, proud posturing, and the power of walking tall past the awestruck citizenry of a prairie town. On the other hand, Bosley does its best to reject and avenge what it regards as the flagrant distortions of the past. Mm. Posse, had you seen this movie before? I had never seen this one before. Never, but I've, I've always had interest in this. Yes, like this, me too. Yeah, I've, I've definitely like, mainly just like the cover is pretty interesting, because like there just are not a bunch of uh, Western starring people of color, you know, yeah. African-Americans. And uh, it's like a really striking, um, I feel like the, 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 the poster is very striking. Like it's very a cool poster. Yeah. A cool see, poster. You see all those guys and you're like, I want to see what's up with these guys. What are these dudes up to? What's, what's this wild bunch going to, what, what's, what, what are they, what gold are they trying to get after? What, you know, town they're trying to save? Yeah. Probably should not have mentioned the Wild Bunch, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, basic storyline here, though, is that... Uh, cut to 1898, the Spanish-American War in Cuba. What? What are we doing here? We'll find out. Mm. We are... We meet 
the immediately brave and sleeveless Jesse Lee. Yeah. By Mario Van Peebles. Uh, cowboy who's pretty anti-sleeves because he's got the gun show going on at all times. They're getting blasted by enemy troops. They want to retreat. Jesse uh, runs back to the command post to discuss it with the colonel, who's Colonel Graham, who's played by beloved Academy Academy favorite Billy Zane. Hmm. Um, in a very Zane-tastic it's, role. Oh, it's very good. It's like he's, look, he's a ham, but he's like a great... He's evil. He, he's Iberico. It's great. Yeah. It's the best ham. <laughs> you know what you're getting. You know, you could, The second you see him, he's being painted for a portrait as the war is going on. So we already get it. We already it's, get kind of a vibe from Colonel Graham. We'll put it that way. It's perfect. It's like well, all you want from this guy. Yeah. And so he's like uh, retreating for cowards. You guys are going to keep fighting. And Jesse's like the hell with you, man. Mm-hmm. Then they have this crazy like exchange about killing a guy in cold blood. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's wild. It's difficult for me to um, explain. But we start meeting some of the other crew here that will become the titular posse. Yes. Of course, there's little Jay, played by Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Who uh, um, has a bad tooth and yeah. likes gambling. And that is the extent of little Jay he, and his personality. He kind of like wished that like had a Tim Blake Nelson had this role. Just by the sheer, just by the by him being Tim Blake Nelson, that character would have been immediately more interesting. I think it's just not a role that Stephen Baldwin that, is. What com- is that line like? Making um, I don't know, making wine out of mud, uh, like making something like, good. Out no, of like making bad. like What's lemons out of lemonade out of lemons or whatever. Like, yeah, that. but um, yeah, this kind of thought of like. Stephen Ball, uh, not Stephen Ball, but a like a um, Tim Blake Nelson or John Turturro or yeah. uh, Steve Buscemi or um, or Judd Nelson or even maybe maybe but know. taking something a little more a little underwritten and really like finding something weird and crazy mm-hmm. and interesting about it to kind of make it soar a little bit more and. Not sure, Stephen Baldwin. No offense, although he's he is a lunatic trumper. So yeah, he's a, maybe a little offense. <laughs> um, is you know up to the up to the task. We also meet um, Wheezy. Oh man. Um, we played by Charles Lane. Director. Feel bad. Feel bad for Charles Lane. Um, who is kind of works for Colonel Graham, but he's as an aide, but he's consistently um, racially denigrated and yeah. uh, treated like crap. Put upon, uh, it's like a very thankless, um, like, cause he's kind of like the nerd of the group. Yeah. And, and they give him a little more to do later on. That's, uh, and he gets less that he gets to do less obsequious Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff later in the film, but especially in the first like twenty minutes, man, it is—it's a tough yeah. pill to swallow. And he is also straddled with. You can't do that to Colonel Graham. That's Colonel Graham. He and then he explains every single bit of the oh, character. God, like yeah. he, he is Captain Exposition. 
Yeah. And uh, that that's always a tough character to play. My favorite of all time is, of course, the second reporter in Big Trouble, Little China, who goes, <laughs> <laughs> they go, who's Lo Pan's place? Carousel's like, who's that? Lo Pan? And then she butts at David Lo Pan, head of this card, and she just gives his resume, basically. <laughs> See, that's fun. But it's funny. It's really, really funny. It's it like sticks out as me crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> like, this this reporter's a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, likes um, Lo Pan too much. But also remnants of the crew include uh, Obo Obobo, played by Tiny Lister. Oh man, yeah, this is uh, yeah. who's big. Yeah, big and like really stupid. That's kind of like the. It's two defining traits, unfortunately. Childlike. Childlike, yeah. Um, then, then we meet Angel, who's played by Tone Loke. Who... Tone Loke, cool. Love Tone cool. Loke. Yeah, and and um, so um, they're gonna they get sent on a on a crazy mission mm-hmm. by Billy Zane, and um, they discover that not only is it for guns and whatever bad guys. Well, bad guys, the Spaniards mm. that they're fighting. Right. Also, there's a crap ton of gold. And our guys are like, man, I'd love to get my hands on some of this gold. Yeah. <laughs> I this... love, uh, like, a, like a certain villain in a early 2000s movie once said, I love gold. <laughs> <laughs> gold. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all might remember that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christopher uh, Walken in King of uh, New York. <laughs> I love gold. I love um, gold. So they're gonna rob the gold. They they show up wearing cool clothes. Mario Van Peebles is dressed distinctly like Sweet Sweetback from Sweet Sweetback's badass song, which is another callback to his father's movie. They get confronted by Billy Zane and his crew. Gunfight ensues. Billy Billy Zane shot in the face. We yes. think he's dead. Our guys escape. Cut to New Orleans. Ooh, now. We don't need this podcast to go a thousand years long, so I'm going to bounce start bouncing around in some of the subplot here. Yeah, we um, could we could get lost in the weeds pretty quickly. Here. The gamble, we get to know them somewhat better, but not much. A couple key things in New Orleans is that little Jay, Stephen Baldwin, who's obsessed with gambling, ends up in a poker game where he meets Father Time, yeah. played by Big Daddy Kane. They decide that, wow, we're both scoundrels. Let's cheat. Yeah. At this poker game, Chaos ensues. Somehow, Tone Loke is killed. He's off the posse. He's off the posse like 45 minutes in. It's a bummer because, like, Tone Loke is a cool actor with, like, an interesting voice, and he gets, like, nothing to do. He's like. Which his death kind of made me feel like, oh, so the posse's kind of a flexible, kind of. Yeah. More of a liquidy kind of thing rather than a hardened crew like the Macaulay's crew or something like that. No, yeah, yeah, no. There's, yeah, the posse is very easy. uh, It's very malleable. Malleable posse. Uh, First indication that perhaps it's anyone who's following Jesse Lee, played by Mario Van Peebles, around is in the posse. Mm -hmm. It has nothing really to do with your personal skills. Just if you're there around Mario, you're part of the posse. They hit the road again. Uh, Mm -hmm. Guess what, man? Colonel Graham, Billy Zane, he's back. He's alive and he's got an eye patch. Ooh. <laughs> um, so they uh, they hit the road and we kind of get some more finally, like 45, 50 minutes in this movie, start getting some backstory on what Jesse Lee's deal is. We'd never get any real decent backstory on the rest of the gang. 
Um, mm. They're pretty one note. Yeah. For the most part. But basically <laughs> what we discover is that um, Jesse Lee is from this town called um, Freemanville, which is a town founded by his father, who's known mm. as King David, composed entirely of African-American people. And um, they neighbor a town called Cutterstown, uh, who has a truly sadistic sheriff called Sheriff Bates, played by Richard Jordan. Um, years prior, King David was murdered in a brutal way by the sheriff and his crew, mm-hmm. which led to Jesse to try and get revenge, which led to Jesse being shipped off to end up being in the army for life. Yeah, he gets arrested and then he, like, either he, like, can go to jail or serve in the Spanish-American War. Yeah. Yeah. But we find out that for Jesse, this is a mission of revenge, mm-hmm. is the entire idea. That he's going to go back to this town and along the way he's going to kill everyone who had anything to do with his father's death. Yeah. That's when the movie starts to get cool. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. A, and like, what I just described is a pretty cool story for a movie. I don't mm. think that movie's called Posse. I don't think the Spanish American War is there. And unfortunately, yeah. I don't think Billy Zane is involved. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Father Time takes a nap. He's not involved. <laughs> Big Daddy Kane uh, is Big Daddy not in this movie. <laughs> um, so they're on their way to this town. They get, get into some adventures along the way. Um, yeah, they, get, they go to a gulch. They go to a gulch. Um, and what starts off is just some friendly trickery turns into some skinny dipping among the guys <laughs> yeah a lot of scenes of, of people just pointing and and, and just and flabbergasted awe at tiny lister's dong yeah uh, tiny lister's dong is apparently the size of like a size 25 inch sneaker and um like shack shoes or something yeah it's like it's and, got a 747 uh, down there and they then they just start doing some nude wrestling around <laughs> yeah it's very and, uh, uh, yeah it's very correct boy, you know boys being boys yeah boys know, having fun boys having fun anyway they hit the town and when they get there they meet some uh, there's a lot of very famous people mm-hmm. among the uh townsfolk including you know sergeant al powell from die hard is there isaac hayes is there um blair underwood is there um uh, of course, Pam Greer is there. Um, Sally Richardson is there. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, yeah, Sally Richardson's definitely there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they get into town, and, uh, you know, the rest of our guys start playing their one game. You know, Stephen Baldwin starts gambling. Tiny mm-hmm. Lister is a big dumb guy. Wheezy explains things. Yeah. <laughs> big Daddy it- Kane. <laughs> Um, this is crazy. Like he's always like, the odds are against that. It's like, whatever, man. He's like, okay, this is something I thought. I thought at some point Father Time was going to like do a uh, a double cross and then like come back and like you know be like, I'm sorry, I'm back with you guys for real. And like nothing, he doesn't get anything to do. Really, he just kind of is like mildly cynical. That's all he gets to yeah. do. Yeah, I, I and I think this is kind of the battle between is this a crew movie or is this a Mario Van Peebles starring movie? Yeah. And I think we're confused because it's called Posse. Mm-hmm. 
but it probably should be called Jesse Lee, the ballad of Jesse Lee or something like that. For sure. Um, also in the town is, of course, um, Mario's father, J- Papa Joe is his character name in this movie, Melvin Van Peebles, mm-hmm. who has a uh, absolute babe of a daughter uh, played by Alana, uh, but known as Lana, played by Sally Richardson, who we can tell Mario and um, Sally have had a thing in the past. And um, do we get a Red Shoes Diary level nude sex scene with them? <laughs> yes. That slows the entire thing down? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is crazy it is like totally just the most like this is like you know mario's just like i'm gonna be the most sensual man alive yeah you thought i was the best like badass like fighter and killer alive guess what i'm even better at loving yeah (laughs) passionate love passionate love making passionate and tender oh man yeah Yeah, the my my butt is toned and you're gonna see it (laughs) yeah yeah that's yeah that's a one how many times do we see Marley? I feel like do we see his button bad? I think we see his button badass too. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, yeah, proud, proud butt man. Yeah, proud, <laughs> proud butt man. <laughs> Glad he doesn't show it as Stokely Carmichael. I know. Would not yeah. have been tasteful. Would no, not no, no. have been not re- butt realist. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's in the book. It's in history. Yeah, it's in um, history. Yeah. But then, um, so all this is leading up to this, like huge battle what we discover is that freemanville is on is in direct pathway of this big like transcontinental railroad or whatever that's being built and the land it's on is worth a ton of freaking cash which makes sheriff bates and cutterstown people mm-hmm. want to get it gone want to get a piece among others so they're going to try and get rid of everybody in the town but they also really have like a personal vendetta with um, Jesse Lee. They hit town when Jesse Lee is off and having passionate love. Um, the sheriff and his cronies hit the town, and oh, they beat the, they beat up they kill Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Little J. <laughs> I was a little surprised to see him get it that quickly. Again, another reason why I'm not sure about the name Posse. Yeah, the Posse <laughs> dwindles because it's like it does like you end up with like the Posse is basically at this point uh, the Jesse and then, you know, Goofus and and Ding Dong, like, you know, Wheezy and uh, and Obobo. Like it's kind of. Yeah, and, the- and you're like all these like crew movies. Like have you seen like Seven Samurai, of course, the ultimate crew movie, mm-hmm. the kind of uh, ground level crew, but going into Magnificent Seven, going into The Dirty Dozen, going into Inglorious Bastards, going into Heat, whatever, what have any of these things. It's like mm-hmm. you care, you know, you know, not everybody's going to make it. Just kind mm-hmm. of a given. Of course. But they all got to have a cool thing. Like, oh, that guy's good with knives. So that guy's like the cynical, funny one. Yeah, look at Ocean's you know, Eleven. Ocean's Eleven does it. Saving Private Ryan does it. Yeah. You know, and so by the end, it's Saving Private Ryan. You know, when Adam Goldberg is getting stabbed by that Nazi, you're like, fuck, like dying. Yeah. And you're, we mad at, you're mad at Jeremy Davies. You're furious at Jeremy Davies. Oof. You know, and when Hanks looks over and Sizemore's dead, it's just like, so 
crew movie 101 mm-hmm. give the guys on the crew something give something them a, cool they all gotta yeah. have a cool thing and it can't just be like big and dumb yeah it needs to be like a skill or at least like a fun character trait you know like, a classic one would be mm-hmm. tiny lister gets married the night before the big shootout so it's like oh he's got a wife he's in love and then he dies <laughs> like there's there's a good one yeah just to sacrifice himself he still gets shot down or like um why didn't so father time and little jay develop this like antagonistic relationship mm-hmm. the obvious thing is that father time either needs to avenge little jay or like they need to like die together yes i, I think mean, the, cl- the closest you get is like wheezy learns knife throwing from little jay yeah and that comes into play with that great looking goon one yes. a, a top of the line goon that billy zane's got on his team yeah that just that classic just uh, you know hoof and mook and like it's it's a bummer because like he does it and it's cool but it's just it's it's almost like not enough because they didn't like expound enough upon the little Jay Wheezy. Like they kind of like lay the groundwork for it, but it just mm-hmm. I think it's just little Jay is just a week too weak of a character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so simultaneously, Richard Jordan and his crew are hitting the town to burn it and get everybody out, get Jesse Lee, and then also uh, Billy Zane and his guys are hitting the town, and they've brought a Gatling gun with them. All hell breaks loose. Everybody's blasting everybody. It's a hell of an action sequence. It's, oh, cool. it's all going down. You know, Jesse Lee's riding through the center of town with a dynamite in hand. It's just good stuff. We're losing. We're losing characters we like, right and left. Both sides are taking casualties, but um, kind of establishing a Mario Van People's thing. Jesse Lee is the best man. Whoever yeah. Mario's playing is the best, most moral man. Yeah, or powerful, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, you, you get satisfying deaths for Richard Jordan, and a and a very satisfying death. Uh, Billy Zane gets a classic dies three times type death. Yeah, when he's killing Billy Zane, there is like it's cool with Mario Van Peebles because for like a moment, it almost it almost it doesn't quite. But it almost reaches the, uh, like, I'm so mad at you, I'm hard insanity of New Jack City. Like, you get that sense in Mario Van Peebles' eyes that, like, Mm -hmm. he's taking true pleasure in murdering this man. Yeah. And, you know, kind of comes to a close. Uh, The good guys lose some people, but, you Mm -hmm. know, Mario and Lana and... uh, and uh sweezy sweet sweezy wheezy wheezy and uh sleepy tone loke and then and then this bizarre it's not bizarre because you know what he's trying to do because it is um woody strode who's doing the it is cool the bracketing of course woody strode if you're a uh, western fan yeah was kind of the only one of the few black actors who crossed over into being a regular in westerns including getting a full film with uh john ford yes yeah, sergeant, sergeant rutledge yeah yes. i've seen that movie it's uh aged poorly but it's also kind of cool that it exists like mm. i'm i was there's definitely parts of it that are cool and woody strode is he's like a fascinating actor mm-hmm. yeah and he's in like once upon a time in the west 
mm-hmm. as well. And uh, so having him in kind of makes all of this kind of theory of Westerns and, you know, showing kind of the, the you know, the caption at the end says that there are over 8,000 black cowboys in the Old West and um, their stories have not really ever been told. And they mm-hmm. should be because, you know, they're interesting and compelling and part of history. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, like, so funny. Like, this movie has so many problems. Like, let's, mm-hmm. you know, like, it feels like every actor that's not um, Mario Van Peebles is kind of like the second choice actor mm-hmm. <laughs> to a certain degree. But then, like, on the flip side, uh you really can't help but like root for it by the end of it. Like I'm, I was having a good time by the end of it. Like I yeah. think like there's think something. The second they get to Freemanville, yeah, the movie kind of finally takes off. Mm-hmm. Like and I'm, kind, yeah, yeah, and it's just it's kind of an unwieldy movie. For you sure, probably could have simplified it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that westerns are either like good yarns. Or these epic kind of yeah kind of plotting kind of things, I think good yarn probably would have been a better direction mm-hmm. for this movie. If you're going to be an epic, I guess add an extra half hour. But it just felt like we got two villains. We've got multi, you know they're all over the place. Yeah, like you really only need like honestly, you could have had like I think the problem too, and I could be totally wrong. Posse's like a really good name. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe it's like one of those things where it's like it's a well, cool name. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And so maybe it's like, I feel like maybe the posse aspect was grafted on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's an interesting movie. It's definitely doesn't like fully successful Mm-mm. by any means. Um, but it's an interesting film nonetheless. Yeah. I like he is flashy and crazy. But I, I do find it unfortunate because it's very clear, like, didn't get the box office of New Jack City, didn't get the reviews of New Jack City. And uh, it's almost like he didn't, they almost immediately didn't trust him. He didn't get a lot of second chances. No. Um, you know, despite the fact, every one of the reviews, even Ebert's, was like, this is a talented guy. He is a good filmmaker. The posse might not totally work, but he's a talented guy. After posse, though, of course, he continued to do some pretty wild acting choices. He was in like science fiction crime movies and full eclipse, gunmen, Highlander 3, the sorcerer. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, yeah. And I think um, he had a little bit of like, there's this like, I want to be this like politically driven, morally driven filmmaker in the vein of falling in my father's footsteps, footsteps. But also like, I kind of like the idea of being buff action, dude. Yeah. (laughs) And those are butting heads a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, As you could see kind of where he went as an actor versus, you know, his some of his directorial choices and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He um, his next film though as a director was 1995's film Panther, which is another one we watched. Mm-hmm. Directed by Mario Van Peebles, screenplay by Melvin Van Peebles, 
Uh, this one has got, let me take another deep breath. Kadeem Hardison, Courtney B. Vance, Marcus Chong, Nefertiti, Bokeem Woodbine, Joe Don Baker, Wesley Jonathan, M. Emmett Walsh, Chris Rock returning to the mix, uh, Mario Van Peebles, Chris Tucker, Bobby Brown, Angela Bassett, Dick Gregory, James LaGrosse, Richard Dysart, Kumo D, Michael Wincott, God tier actor. Oh, yeah. And uh, Melvin Van Peebles. And this one is, um, this one did, I don't know what it cost. It did $6,800,000 at the box office. Um, currently, it's a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Roger Ebert stated, there's a fascinating study to be made of the Black Panther Party. Panther is not that film. Uh-oh. Panther co-founder, uh, Black Panther co-founder Bobby Seal, who is played by Courtney B. Vance in the film, mm-hmm. um, called the film 80% to 90% untrue oh. and a false light invasion of my privacy. Oh, no. <laughs> um and Kenneth Turan praised it as a sincere attempt at celebratory spirit-raising filmmaking, but he also criticized it as a frustrating amalgam of truth, violence, supposition, and inspiration. Uh, this one is definitely an attempt at something a little more subtle mm. and a little bit more somber, would you say? Mm. Yeah. Than his previous two films, New Jack City and Posse. Um, in essence, this is a semi-fictionalized account of the origins of the Black Panthers. We are led into the world of the Black Panthers by a Vietnam veteran judge, played by Kadeem Hardison, um, who I believe is a fictional character. Yes. Um, returns to his Oakland hometown to find it beset by violence, police discrimination. His friend Sai uh, tells him about a vigilante group that's organizing against the police and introduces him to its leaders. Bobby Seale and Huey P. Newton. Judge joins the movement, but is soon beset by police pressure to inform against them. Police pressure in the form of, of course, JDB and M.M. Walsh. Yes. But mostly JDB as Brimmer, which, like, Jesus, what a character name. Perfect character name yeah. for Joe Don Baker. Two great, like, two great slimeball actors. M.M. Walsh and Joe yeah, JDB. I mean, the second you see him, you're like, yeah, they are up to no good yeah and we go through the basically the trials and tribulations in a semi-fictionalized manner mm-hmm. of the black pan the origins of the black panther party ebert is right that um this is a powerful story that does deserve for people to know about mm-hmm. uh we've of course gotten a taste of it recently in the wonderful film Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a different area. Yeah. Set in Chicago of that one with um, Fred Hampton rather than Seal and Newton. And Seal, of course, appeared in our good friend Aaron Sorkin's film, The Trial of Chicago 7. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will watch this movie five times before that one again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and this is it. Yeah, this is an interesting film and kind of doing battle between Mario, is all, it almost seems to be fighting his instincts a bit in this one yeah 
it's it's funny. He's fighting his instincts, but there's also, you know, there's so much like I feel like his movies are all about like community and building community in the face of you know outside forces. Like yeah. even like New Jack City is kind of like a weird fucked up version of that where like, you know, what's Wesley Snipes doing if not, you know, taking advantage of a horrible situation? Yeah. 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 Um, or it's all, I guess, yeah. And then it all leads to the destruction of the, well, it's, oh man, what a good, yeah. But um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely like, it's tough. Yeah, he can't, it's, it, he, I agree with you that he is kind of like having to fight against his desire to, you know, you can only blow up so many cars in a movie like this. You yeah. can only jump 50 feet so many times in a movie like this. Um, yeah. you, get, you do get one. Um, it's so funny. They do almost do, uh, do a weird um, parallel of the beginning of New Jack City where they all, what Kadeem Harrison is almost, uh, uh, pushed off of the bridge or whatever, yeah. but yes, it's, they it's, do. it's almost as if Joe Don Baker is uh, not in good shape and perhaps <laughs> uh, and old and yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like you know what we can't really recreate the scene. Yeah, and and it's 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 a it's a it's a more somber, it's slower paced, it's a longer movie. Yes, um, and really it's long. kind of um, it's difficult to kind of get to know everybody yeah it kind of skims the surface a bit it's a um i will say to this film's credit the the roster is i think better cast and they're more comfortable mm-hmm. i think part of what posse fails is that i think a lot of the actors are not comfortable in like a western yeah setting maybe. It, yeah like i find in this movie like bokeem woodbine's character for example like it's not like he's given that much to do, but because Bokeem Woodbine is such a charismatic, interesting actor, yes. he really elevates what he's given. And, and you like, care about his fate. Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. So. yeah, and I think it's it's a very interesting film. It's um, it's only on YouTube. Yeah. I did not even know it existed before we started doing this project. Um, I straight up thought this movie was about the Vietnam War <laughs> before we did this. <laughs> I thought it was like Ted Presidents. It's got a weird poster. Yeah, um, but a lot of you know a lot of good performances, a lot of passion performances. I think everyone involved wanted to tell the story. This was actually the first narrative feature film about the Black Panthers. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. So there was a lot uh, on the line. I think for a lot of the cast and crew mm-hmm. to try and do this. I think like like so basically this all comes down to this ending where our like basically are fictionalized characters end up in this gunfight over mob heroin. Yeah. Which Wait. by the way, they have like a crazy scene on a boat. Yeah. Where that scene's kind of cool. Actually. I sort of like where they're just like, Hey man, we're just going to straight up bring <laughs> heroin. Yeah. We're the CIA. We're bringing drugs, hard drugs into the cities. Uh, we're the Alleg- baddies. Alleg- yeah, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Please, I don't want to. Yeah. Get don't a knock me- on the door. Yeah, I don't want to end up like, uh, what's that, Jeremy Kill the Messenger? I don't want to end up like yeah, that guy. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy Kill the Messenger. That was his name. Yeah, Mr. Kill the Messenger. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a... um. Uh, very yeah I think it 
trying its best to be profound and really say something about it. I think um, uh, Gary Webb. That's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> I think doing it as a um, this one screams miniseries. Mm-hmm. For to sure. To pull off this entire story. And I think, um, yeah, kind of doing battle between the natural instinct, the instincts that kind of you see it in Sweet Sweetback's badass song too. It's like, and he may even mentions it in Badass. Can't be boring. It's got a lot of stuff all the time. But it, you know, I think that there was like this desire when you're playing from the outskirts mm-hmm. that when you want to get noticed. You want to get money to make your movie. You want to make a movie. You know, what's going to, you know, you have to almost like push harder with shit that's going to put asses in seats, which is sex and violence. Yes. At least it was at one point. It might still be. I don't know if it still is. People are a little more prudish. That's true. Yeah. Now it's it's freaking Infinity Gems and uh, And Clever Quips. Clever Quips. That's the new sex. The new sex. <laughs> Quips are the new sex. Are we having sex now? Yeah, I think we're having sex now. <laughs> David Cronenberg's uh, yeah. Quips yeah. of the future. <laughs> David Cronenberg's like, I'm just going to reach inside my own guts now. Yeah, <laughs> and pull out a goofy one-liner. Yeah, I'm going to have a chocolate plastic chocolate bar and end it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think more fondly of that movie uh, the farther away I go from it. It's on demand now, so we will, we're like three weeks away from being able to spoil it. Oh god! Oh, well, I'll probably watch it again. Um, I want to. I want to see it again. Yeah, too. yeah. Get but the, uh, get me a breakfaster, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm doing a breakfaster. <laughs> oh no! That that's why Don's uh, coughing a lot, guys. I'm not, by the I'm way, not he's... feeling well because I'm getting fed slop through a fucking skull. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Let's. We'll move on. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so Panther. I mean, it's an interesting one. It's like for for a movie that's like trying to. It isn't like. I don't know how to like break it down, as well as like posse even because there's like there isn't like the glaring issues aren't there Mm-mm. as much, but it's just kind of like stays at a low hum. Yeah, it's a, a lot of the movie. It's like definitely there's no real like it feels like there's no real plot. There's no yeah. real like they're not really building to anything. Loham is like an apt description. Um, there's cool moments. There's some very interesting like and, you know, the actors they get. I think they do a pretty solid like I liked Marcus. Like the guy from like as a tank or Ma- dozer. Yeah. Tank, tank from the Matrix. Yeah. He was great as Huey Newton. I was like truly surprised. I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah, he was really good and he should have gotten more in his career. Huey's also Tommy Chong from Chichin Chong's son. No fucking way. That's way. the same one. Yeah. What? <laughs> way. On. Come on. Very now. way, man. What? Yeah. He's Tommy a... Chong. Hey, also born in Seattle. Oh, there we go. That's Seattle royalty. Seattle royalty, Marcus Chong. <laughs> the king of Seattle. The king yeah, of Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Uh, what was it? I had a friend who told me like a Seattle hot dog has like cream cheese on it. Is that so, a true? Something like that. My wife has really strong opinions on those kind of things. We should have her on for the uh, Seattle hot dog corner. Interesting. Because I'm I'm team whenever. That's when you know a city is real when they have their own hot dogs. So mm. Seattle is like, I think Seattle's a more real city than Houston. 
I was I wanted to do this podcast years ago called The Greatest Cities in the World. Ooh, really? Where I will be the judge and jury on if your city is a great city or not. I would I would 100 percent If we ever did Patreon, that could be our Patreon. We just judge like two, I don't know. Two assholes being like Lisbon is a good city, but is it a great city? No pizza, no Lisbon style pizza. Where are your Lisbon dogs? Yeah, where are your Lisbon dogs? I want a you know a chorizo dog with the <laughs> like uh, some sort of chimichurri. <laughs> Some, uh, sea, some seafood as a garnish. Oh, man. Please uh, send us an email at the Academy Academy podcast at gmail.com if you want Don and I to quit reviewing movies and start reviewing cities. Mm, yeah. If you want to see our hot takes on uh, Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> Not one of the great cities. Mm, yeah, no, sorry. Sorely sorry. lacking. Yeah, because I claim that there are only two. Paris, France, and New York City. Have <laughs> anywhere I'd ever visited. Barcelona came very close. Barcelona is cool. I mean, Chicago. That's this is what. Hey, if you folks want to hear it, tell us about it. The oh, great man. cities. If you I think like... we're, if you think we're good at ranking acting, um, get ready for cities. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to see Don's city box. Is it? Is your city box account like your letterbox account where every city has five stars? Yep. Toledo, <laughs> Ohio, five stars. Hey, every every city is a gift. Every city is a gift. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except you, uh, Cincinnati. You know what you did. We just lost everybody in Cincinnati. Good. Oh no, that was like fifty percent of our. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh, get a huge, uh, all the people at Skylight and Chili listen to us. I could use a bowl of chili right now. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, it's a good segue. But um, That's a Panther, segue. Panther clearly, like, for all of its kind of big swing efforts and every, you know, I mean, oddly forgotten movie. Yeah. That uh, I think kind of almost hits this place of, unfortunately, like, because it's not a really wild swing it's like just feels maybe a little maybe felt i don't know it it is like surprisingly middling for a movie that straight up alleges that the cia like caused the drug like it is so crazy that like this movie like flat out like yeah it does flat out states dark alliance is real and then uh and then uh, just kind of like uh, is like still at like a seven or a six, like the whole like in terms of like energy. Yeah, it's kind of low energy. Yeah. Like me. I think I think yeah, I think part of it, too, is that like there's like a huge like I think a huge subplot is just like a um, like a stoplight. Yeah. It's like about getting a stoplight. And so like uh, that kind of is like I feel like everything gets treated with that level of intensity like we need that stoplight we need to stop drugs from entering our city i think like the big the big mario swings kind of end with um that kid getting blasted on his bike in the first five minutes of it which is genuinely shocking and like whoa i can't believe that just happened yeah that is crazy yeah yeah people kind of come in and out of the movie um i think it's kind of tough and posse kind of suffers for this too is when you when you're as when you have as many friends as Mario Van people seems to have, you can cast a lot of familiar faces in smaller roles. And so when they show up, you're like, whoa, what are they doing here? And it kind of throws you for half a second. 
Do you ever get you? My all-time favorite one was in like you ever see the Three Ten to Yuma remake? No, I've heard good things though. It's good. It's good. But like we've gone through like eighty percent of the movie, and then all of a sudden they bump into Luke Wilson, who does like one scene, and you're like, "What the what the hell is Luke Wilson <laughs> doing here?" It's like John Hurt in the history of violence. It's like it took this long to get to you. Yeah, yeah. It's just, so it better be good. That's, yeah, but that's what history of violence does. It's like when it gets to Bill Hurt, or Bill Hurt. Yeah. Um, he like knocks it out of the park. Oh yeah, he ten totally... minutes of the movie he elevates. Yeah, he deserves everything. that Oscar nomination. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you gotta if you're gonna bring somebody in late, they better kick ass. Is For sure. <laughs> or you better give them something kick ass to do. Mm-hmm. Let me rephrase that. And. Everyone's good. These are all great actors. He has, he has a great set of friends, Mario Van Peoples. He's got a good good eye for talent. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think this movie this movie ultimately gets a little forgettable for such an incendiary major topic. Yeah, and uh, that's too bad. It's a bummer. Yeah, it's it's such a shame that it's kind of relegated to like the Tuesday's game Phantom Zone for cinema. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this was their attempt to make a pretty, um, pretty big time movie, and it just didn't. Um, it just doesn't seem like it got there, and I don't know what the if there's behind the scenes politics or what have you on it, or they just didn't have enough money for the scale they were going for. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. but you know, it seems like between those two, he definitely kind of sort of see a difference you know the in his career you know we saw him do a lot more episodic tv uh interestingly enough he acts in the first american film directed by jean-marc valley called los locos Mm. uh and its tagline is posse rides again Mm -hmm. and uh written and produced by mario van peoples i'd be i'd be very curious about that one Oh man, that might be a future. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah oh, wow. oh, what's up? Oh no, I just saw the poster for it. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so he he made a film in '96, the year after Panther, called Solo, which was kind of his big attempt at like an action franchise that I believe did not do quite. I remember it when it came out, and yeah, budget at 19 million, made five. Ah. But uh, also in it, uh, Bill Sadler, another favorite of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, very, very early Adrian Brody appearance. Ooh, that's interesting. Has an, has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay. We don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> and so TV movies bouncing around a bit, doing some TV shows, TV movies, straight to video stuff. It's clear, though, and unfortunate that the heights of New Jack City uh they were not offering him these kind of things Mm-mm. doing a lot of action stuff and we know we know how talented it is we know how strong he is uh you know who else does michael mann mm-hmm. and michael mann brings him in to play malcolm x in ali or easily the biggest film he'd been in in quite a while and he's very very good in that i haven't watched it in a couple of years but that's a um terrific movie Mm-hmm. As well, as we know, it's Michael Mann. Yeah. Um, heading into the 2000s, continues to do TV movies. He's in the Hebrew Hammer. Oh, which, uh, man. Yeah. Very funny, a very funny film. Definitely. Watch- 
<laughs> watch that movie with uh, that knee-high P.I. <laughs> watched multiple times on Comedy Central. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very stupid and good films. And that brings us to, um, though, arguably his most critically acclaimed film in years, 2003's Badass. Which is written, produced, directed, and starring by Mario, starring Mario Van Peebles, and this is the story of the making of Sweet Sweetback's badass song. And in this film, Mario is playing his father, Melvin. Um, this film is executive produced by Michael Mann, so they must have uh, developed some level of relationship there. Obviously, Mario was in was behind a great deal of the. Uh, behind the scenes on this, uh, in addition to starring him, this also the film also stars Adam West, David Allen Greer, Glenn Plummer, John Singleton acts in the film, Joy Bryant, Karama uh, Washington or Westbrook, pardon me, uh, Khalil Kane, Len Lesser, uh, Uncle Leo from uh, Seinfeld, <laughs> Nia Long, Ossie Davis returns to the mix on the show, uh, Paul Rodriguez, Rain Wilson. Saul Rubinek, Terry Crews, T.K. Carter, the great Vincent Schiavelli, and Wesley Jonathan. This film has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Ebert named it one of his best films of the year. It was nominated for uh, three Independent Spirit Awards, picture, director, and screenplay. Uh, played a ton of festivals. Leonard Malton listed as one of the 151 best movies you've never seen. And he wrote, Mario Van Peebles has written, directed, and starred in a number of films over the years, but this is his most personal piece of work, and I think his best. Um, unfortunately, this movie only made $365,000 mm-hmm. at the box office. Uh, did not do well. Um, mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because I... I know, I know. I, I think New Jack City is still a superior film in his overall catalog, but this is a very strong film. If you're like a fan of, this is just another movie in the uh, vein of like Ed Wood or Dolomite. Like this is a great mm-hmm. like. Let's get the guys together and make a movie movie. Yeah, yeah. It goes along with a uh, disaster artist or oh. even or even Hollywood Man, the aforementioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one though has a different edge to it because it's it is so much more personal yeah and it's just about like a guy who lived a truly wild life <laughs> and what i like too is like the difference too in those movies compared to this one is that melvin van peoples is incredibly talented mm-hmm and this is not played as a joke about like, oh, my gosh, these guys don't know what they're doing. How are they ever going to pull this off? This is just about a guy who the system is not helping him. Yeah, he has no no one on his side. Like, yeah, and he has to make every it all. It's he has to do it all from scratch. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. And he has a complete and pretty avant garde vision mm-hmm. for what he wants this film to be. It's yeah, because like, yeah, watching the movie, like it does feel especially like that very the beginning of it, like that first like 15 or 20 minutes, like it straight up feels like something that would be playing at like the Manila collection or something like in an art museum. Like it feels like, yeah, because it's so like because there's so many moments that are just so sparse, like it's Mm -hmm. such a like, you know, 
uh, Sweetback has so little dialogue. Yeah, I believe, he, and that, that was one of the issues in the film was basically when they're trying people out, the actors would either be too amateurish mm-hmm. and not get it, or the actors would be too would be so good and they'd be like, "Why do I only have seven lines?" Yeah, and which is why Melvin Van Peebles took the role himself. It, it, you know, so basically, yeah, this is the story of Melvin Van Peebles' mission to direct a movie that pushed the boundaries of how black people were presented mm-hmm. in films. Um, he was sick and tired of uh, subservience. He was sick and tired of secondary status and he was sick and tired of seeing everybody die so he was going to create a badass hero who fought corruption got laid a lot and won in the end and turned out it was revolutionary yeah which is you know sad but it's great that he made this film it's um i think one thing that benefits um, that works to the benefit of this movie is Mario Van Peebles is like kind of like searing polemic, like that style of like, mm-hmm. this is a great film where like that righteous theory towards the evils of the world, like it's, it's justified so yes. intensely. Like it, it works so well with it. Cause like you, you really want Melvin to succeed and it truly is kind of, it truly is fucked how, uh, you know, how little there was in cinema before he came along that yeah. cared for that specific demographic. And then he had to beg, borrow, steal, mm-hmm. put his, put his kids and family through the ringer, put his health on the line. Yeah. You make this happen. Which he does. You know, he is triumphant in the end, which makes it even more of a fun movie to watch. But I think you're right. It does capture this great balance of like, okay, so Mario Van Peebles gets to do all of his tricks, like all of his camera stuff, his flashiness. He gets to show his passionate, more moral, like anger. Mm -hmm. And he gets to all do it in the most personal film possible which is the difference between some of his other the posses or the new jack cities of the world which are a little bit broader topics this is his story him and his dad's story there's a little kid in this movie who plays him you know and that that is wild it's a truly um it's nuts and his relationship with his father is so unique because he clearly loves and respects him and worships him mm-hmm. to an extent that he's almost unwilling to really look at kind of the darker side yeah it is like like we're kind of like introduced to their relationship where like they have they motorcycle into the desert and they're like where are we sleeping on and they're like what are we going to sleep on in the desert or whatever and he's like you brought your helmet or whatever right because i think they're just like going to camp Mm -hmm. in nature and And he's essentially brought his son out there to watch him think yeah and it's it's totally it's 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 wild. It's totally like that's it's he's it's a rough 
he clearly was like kind of a not always like he loved his son. He clearly he loved, loved his he son. loved them, but he yeah. had a very one track artistic mind. Yeah, and that had to have been difficult. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which of course leads to perhaps the most difficult sequence in the film, which is um, Sweetback. It's a flashback scene of seeing Sweetback as a losing his virginity. Yeah. And in the film, it's presented as like, yeah, we're just going to get my son to do it. And everyone's like, really? You sure? And they kind of like get get him all prepped for it. And then they're like, oh, he did it. You know, we made it through. It's fine. Yeah. And then when you watch Sweetback's badass song, uh, the movie opens with this this aforementioned scene for the most part. And it is a full scale <laughs> um, nude sex scene. And it's like, whoa, man. It's genuinely, I think it is the craziest thing I've ever it's very, seen on celluloid. I mean, it's, it's icky. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. For, it's, a, it's, it's not it, good. <laughs> it's not good. It's wild that it actually, like, in the recent couple of years of kind of the, you know, critical reevaluation to the point that, you know, the Sweet Sweet Bex Badass song is in the Criterion. Yeah, collection like it is a it has been canonized and in a lot of ways rightfully so that this has not really come up yeah uh that much because it uh, i was like boy this is this is like it's, it's weird man yeah it's very weird it's like yeah you can't i don't know it's and it's, it's also interesting that it gets kind of downplayed yeah in the movie it's very yeah well it's funny because they do the thing where like uh terry cruz is like man wasn't that cool you're such a cool kid and uh mario's not that into it and then they have a scene where mario van peebles like the child the child mario van peebles not the father uh the actor playing the father um he's like sleeping on the floor or on the, like, he's by the bed yeah. or whatever. He's not on the bed. And the dad's like, hey, do you want to sleep on the bed tonight, son? And he's just kind of giving him the cold shoulder. And eventually the dad's like, you know what? I don't want to talk to you anyway. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of leaves it at that. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. I, we are probably not in any place to open up the psychological can of worms. No. That yeah. that led to. But it's very clear too. Just like I mean, he made a movie about how much his dad fought mm-hmm. and really went against the system. And you know, it's a very, it's a very entertaining movie. It's the most entertaining out of these three movies that we watched. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it really plays into a lot of his skill sets. And he doesn't get to play. Um, he doesn't have to play like stoic action guy. No. In this, he it's a full character. That he's doing in this movie yeah and he, he also has some very fun scenes where he gets to like he kind of has like a um it, no no it reminded me of uh have you seen the nicholas cage uh movie that just came out yes just watched it uh yesterday yeah um it has a there's a little bit of that where it's like he has kind of like a mirror image of himself or whatever that i'll talk to kind of like a yeah like a mind a mind peoples <laughs> that he'll yeah. speak with yeah and yeah, but it is clear, like just thinking about this whole thing, it's like this movie, this experience, these like did this months that his father made this movie were pr- 
probably the most formative moments of Mario's life. Yes. And, and have kind of led to everything else. You, you see, I God, you see like the germ of so many um, kind of recurring themes in Mario's work mm-hmm. uh, is in this movie and in the context of what we're witnessing. Kind of like, you know, this sense of you know, strong, good, and evil, uh, what's right and what's wrong, like the community, uh, in spite of your cultural background, uh, like a willingness to play the system by whatever means necessary. Uh, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all there. It's, uh, God. Yeah. And there's so many like fascinating, like, like Adam West scene until like, kind of like the shock ending or whatever. Like, it's kind of crazy he got Adam West to kind of play, like, a real, like, he acted for, like, 20, like, I can't think of any other movie where Adam West has, like, acted and played, like, a real character. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's something kind of incredible about that, where, like, even though, like, the character kind of becomes, like, a joke at the end of it, like, it's still, like, like, it made made me, like, wish, like, ah, fuck, I wish Adam West got to play, like, a supporting character doing, you know, real stuff, you know, not just, like, you know, uh, hokey riffs on oh I was Batman um, and th- I think we should also know too here speaking of strange things is um, so basically at one point the film crew runs out of cash and uh, Melvin Van Peebles needs to go to the richest person he knows for uh, influx in cash and of course the richest person he knew at this time was Bill Cosby Oh my god, I forgot and it. So much happens in this movie, I forgot about and that. the story gets crazier. So <laughs> Bill Cosby put up $50,000 to pay for Sweet Sweet Bag's Aww. badass song. And he shows up at the end of the movie to talk about it in like a documentary kind of fashion. Yeah. And I gotta admit, it's a little like chilling. Yeah, it's weird. Oh. It's... This movie is, yeah, that's a dark, it's a dark energy. Well, I think that it's just kind of like, these, some of these stories, like, no matter how hard, like, these things are complicated. A hundred percent, like, yeah, yeah. I think we're, and I think that's what makes it all so interesting, but it also makes it, like, so dangerous to place things in such a, like. Oh, pedestal. Yeah. pedestal or moral purity or um yeah that i kind think of thing. yeah i think it's like yeah you really can't like it's you gotta be careful it's funny because like tk carter like bless his heart great actor yeah. love tk carter looks nothing like bill cosby now he, <laughs> until a, they said bill cosby you're like oh okay yeah i was like i straight up didn't realize he was bill Co- until like the very end and then i had to like go and it's like oh yeah that makes sense mm-hmm. um but uh i'm it's so funny i'm glad that you know what like there was a part of me watching this that's like um when I was watching it like halfway through because i do they do like that weird like talking heads thing yeah in addition and the there's witnesses a, thing. Yeah. And there's like a part of me that's like, I almost want to like, I'd rather see like the documentary a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, in addition to probably because like, then we'd have like a lot of Bill Cosby and that would suck. Uh, I'm actually kind of glad. Yeah. I'm actually kind of glad that uh, they didn't like, 
I think like this movie like does so many things like when he's breaking the story and they do that single shot and kind of um, mm-hmm. fade to different times of the day as he's working on it. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting way of showing because like showing someone like right is one of the least cinematic things mm-hmm. that one could possibly do. That's why movies about writers are tough. Yeah. Like doing the writing process. So Mario gets to do a bunch of things in this movie that make it visual and make it interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's some really funny stuff like when him and Rain Wilson wake up in bed together and women start coming up from under the covers. Yeah, that is such a wild... Crazy. Yeah, Rain Wilson gets like a Judah Freelander in American Splendor-esque role. Yeah. Like, it is so crazy that he has such a big uh, supporting uh, a supporting role in this. Like, he's almost like the number... I would say he is the number two. Like, he is mm-hmm. like, in terms of like, importance... Um, it's, and it's, uh, it's just deeply, it's deeply weird. It's a weird, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, but everyone, everyone in it's good. Yeah, no, I he's. about them, everyone's good. Oh, movie. man, dude, Terry Crews crushes it. I love that mm-hmm. Terry Crews and that little sound man. Oh, what a really <laughs> neat thing. Like, they're a little, like, they're, like, that's what Posse was missing. That's yeah. how the whole crew is, like. These guys, they start off as like bickering, and then at the end, it's like, no, we're gonna do another film together. We're best buds. Yeah, and like, I'm gonna make him roast turkey or whatever, like smoked yeah. turkey, and like, ah, it rules. Like that stuff is great. Uh, you know, Paul Rodriguez is fun too. Yeah. Like, there's like a lot of cool and like, you know, the the moments where like they they're able to get the uh, the footage of like the fire truck and the car exploding production just, like, value. Yeah, and production value. Yeah. Uh, there's like a lot of like yeah, there's a lot of cool there's a lot of cool moments in this movie. Um, yeah, like he assembles real rooting interest in get in Melvin getting his movie made. And yes. like it's a super entertaining movie. I recommend this one. For sure. Uh out of the three we watched, this one I think really really soared. And I, I dug it quite a bit, and I think he's so I, I I hope he gets at least one more swing at the plate to do a personal type film. I'm with I'm with you a hundred percent. Like it's funny because I feel like we have been like maybe a little difficult on him a little bit. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Like his his movies were were just like a little spotty here and there, but he's truly is like an interesting guy. Like he has a weird perspective that I He's got a vision and something to say. Yeah. There's like a he, he God, it just it feels like he has something he wants to get out, like some crazy. Mm-hmm. He has some like I feel like he needs to write some like weird riff on Book of Eli, like just <laughs> yeah. like some insane action movie where like, yeah, like he's he's fighting for like on the side of good and he must defeat evil. And like, I don't mm-hmm. know, like he has to there's something he, he he has something in him. There's like, yeah, 100 percent does. And I think, unfortunately, Despite all of the critical acclaim, badass completely making zero dent at the box office. You know, yeah. send him back, send him back to um, the Hard director, Luck Hotel, direct, director jail. <laughs> yeah, which is really too bad because I think that goes back to some of our, you know, not our, not even our theories, just the world's, you know, understanding that, um, you know, the inherent racism. Yep. Of it all. 
that yeah to be just relegated to straight to video right after that despite making an interesting independent film that probably did not cost a ton of money too bad it really sucks yeah because like there are like god there are like so many like white directors that kind of get to go up to the plate again and again and just keep making crap and crap and like crap that doesn't even really make that much money Mm -hmm. uh and it's yeah it's a shame that like i would i would rather have like someone Try. I'd rather have Melvin than people or Mario than people's try to do like a new New Jack City or like some crazy some try to like yeah try to swing for the fences and do something insane yeah. than just like you know a run of the real red notice type thing or like you know Uncharted or like something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's in it's, one ear out the other kind of movie. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So basically, you know, he's made he. After Badass, he kind of went back to doing some TV stuff. He was in the straight-to-video Carlito's Way sequel, Carlito's Way, Rise to Power. His next directorial work after Badass was Hard Luck, which we covered a few weeks ago. Mm. The crazy serial killer crime movie. Yep. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, no, Snipes. no Gallo Walkers in that one. No. Not, not to be confused with the film Gallo Walkers. <laughs> And, you know, he has kind of continuously done stuff mm-hmm. since then, whether it's acting on a bunch of different TV shows, straight for TV movies um, to, you know, he directed USS Indianapolis Men of Courage, mm. which with Cage. And I actually like the idea of him and Cage teaming up. I think there's something to be said there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, pretty much does at least one TV show of directing per year. That's good. And so he continues to work. I mean, I think that, um, you know, you saw him in person present New Jack City, mm-hmm. uh, which had his 30th anniversary last year. And I think that that's a movie, you know, that's only going to continue to grow in esteem. And hopefully, you know maybe people will go back and take a look at a posse or a panther or a badass. Yeah. And uh, badass was included as a special feature in the Melvin Van Peebles box set that Criterion released last year. Huh. That's like, on one hand, that's cool because more people get to see this movie. On another hand, it's a, I feel like that's a little rude to Mario. <laughs> like it's a movie in its own right. Let it have its it own. Is a, it's a good movie in its own right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he's, a really cool, really talented guy that um, I hope our little short show- showcase of him here, you know, some of you run out and check, take a look at these. Want to dig a little deeper on this guy. Yeah. I think he's cool. Throw, throw posse in the VHS and the yeah. old VCR. <laughs> Get yourself a video copy of posse. Yes. And, you know, I think that this was a really fun excursion to dig a little deeper on him. And I'm glad we did. For sure. I think like even like, yeah, it's just fun. He's just a fun director to be around. And, you know, I think you also get the sense that he truly enjoys filmmaking. And... Oh, he loves movies, man. Yeah. Loves he's a movie them. head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of another one of his things because he like wants to make all these grand statements about society and morality. But guess what else he loves? 
like blowing up cars. Yes. <laughs> he loves candles. He just huge amounts of candles. He's a big candle guy. The, the sex scene in Posse, I was like, where the fuck did they get all of these candles? Is she, <laughs> she dipping wax back here? <laughs> yeah, this the small country town. <laughs> they must have taken all I the candles. Melvin Van Peebles getting home to his house the next day. He's like, what the fuck? Where did all these candles come from? It's like 70 candles. <laughs> Come on. All of a sudden, we're in like a meatloaf music video or something. <laughs> God, yeah. Like, I guess I would do anything for love. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Posse, though. Like, man, Posse's going to be the one I remember. Oh, for sure. That's it's in God. I would I'd watch Posse again. Probably. I would watch it again, too. I, I, I don't think it works, but I, I think the last 45 minutes actually begin to work. Yeah. And God, yeah, they're really satisfying. Like when the bad guys get it, it's like, man, I'm, I'm excited to see them get it. It rules because there's like also that thing, too, where like it's like um, they add that weird lore. That's like if the it's like bullets made of gold will send them to hell or whatever. No, it's, like he's an angel of I, death. I know. I The only thing I wish is like they kind of got there, but it's like put like eight to eighty five squibs on Richard Jordan when he gets shot with the gold bullet. Like, yes. I'm literally like, get explode and get, yeah. Yeah. So he caved in. Uh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that's like the one thing it's missing is just, yeah, just a total squib uh, catastrophe. Yeah, I mean, the movie was, you're, Mario, you're getting an R. You got a lot oh, for of, sure. you got a lot of nudity. In this yeah, movie. go to town. Yeah, you're, yeah, you have, town. yeah, you have the, the sex scene with a million candles. So you can do yeah. whatever you want, my man. You got it, some nudes swimming with the boys. Yeah. Rated R for lewd boy time. Rated R for playing with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> Illicit pool time. Yeah, it's what a wild scene that yeah, is. That gulch, yeah, that gulch. Yeah, that gulch moment. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like, uh, you know, I'm all for these guys living their truths, but it is a wild scene. <laughs> It'd be so funny if that happened to New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> like halfway through New Jack City, Wesley Snipes is like, let's go to the reservoir. <laughs> but that's why we love Mario Van Peebles is that his movies do take these like I mean we go going back to New Jack City, like the entire Pookie subplot. Just like Yeah. We're just gonna go down this road for a bit. He's he's willing to just like go on on tangents and like follow whims and I love that. I think yeah. like yeah, like and I and I feel like it eschews like today. I feel like today's filmmaking style is so turgid and there's so many rules you have to follow if you want to make a good film and blah blah blah. Uh that I just I I just totally love a director that's willing just to fucking throw the you know, throw save the cat out of the fucking window and let yeah. it fall to the ground and, and just re- like rely completely on passion. Exactly. It rules. And whether or not that, you know, leads to coherence. Yeah. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. But uh awesome time, Patrick. That was a good that was a that was a good diversion uh diversion, excursion, whatever the hell you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Look, we're both tired, sick, sick, dying. We're both dying. We're dying, man. We're probably dead already. We we weren't we weren't that funny today because we just weren't up to it. Oh, <laughs> for sure. No, we weren't super funny. Uh, yeah, no. We're like, uh, if you make us laugh hard enough, uh, we'll be like the weasels and who framed Roger Rabbit. Our little uh, little angels will fly to heaven. 
<laughs> yeah. So, but thank you to Mario Van Peebles for providing us with a good, good amount of fun entertainment and good times. The yes. uh, next week we go, we do another, we d- take another deep dive, mm. rabbit one off rabbit hole episode. Uh, I believe I mentioned before, we're going to be taking a look at the actor Willem Dafoe. Oh, yes. Week, we take a look at a classic pick episode. Willem has a lot of movies. Which mm-hmm. ones are we going to pick? Who knows? Yeah. It has not even been solidified yet. Will Patrick be a sticky stinker and pick American Dreams? Who mm-hmm. knows? Stinker yeah. Ascendant? Has Willem Dafoe ever shown up in a Sandler picture? Oh, yeah. Is there a sequel to Jack and Jill to uh, Jack and Jill where Willem Dafoe is wooed by Jill? Yeah, exactly. She's so sexy. Yeah, so sexy. <laughs> this is Tommaso. Is Tommaso, Tommaso wooed by Jill? Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, Italian cruise. Yeah, it's an Italian cruise. Kevin James is the boat captain. Yes. David Spade is the kind of snarky first mate. Uh, Nick Swartzen is there. Yeah. Um, can't tell if like he's a real character or like uh, Jill's imaginary friend. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say Adam Sandler's like younger, hotter wife because because that was a trope for a while. But I gotta I gotta say, man, we both like uh, hearty Saunderson household thumbs up to Hustle, yeah. uh, the new Sandler picture, uh, Sandler Corner, quick quick Sandler Corner, hearty thumbs up and. Sandler and Queen Latifah as a long married couple. Whoa! Big, big thumbs up to that. Oh, man. Big thumbs up. They had great chemistry. They were appropriate together. It was great. To quote you know, uh, Eugene Levy and Bringing Down the House, you, you've you got me straight tripping, boo. <laughs> you, you, boo, you got me straight tripping right there. I don't think there's anything more to say there. For Patrick, I'm gone. This has been the Academy Academy. Straight tripping, boo. Yeah. <laughs> straight dripping boo <laughs> thank you for reminding me oh, oh, oh.